This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Alongside Mike Evans, I'm Mark Schlereth. Got the hub producing the show. Uh, Millennial Ben helping us out as well. I uh, want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your workout, your home workout needs. And they've been a lifesaver through the pandemic, you know, from the uh, stretchy bands, you know, the exercise bands and all the different things. They have the tools to get you in shape from home. Also, all the great supplements that they provide. That is Sweet Sweat. Check them out at Sweet Sweat. Mike, how are you, buddy? Well, I, I'm, I'm impressed with... Um the Chiefs and, and what they oh continue to do and the, the, the moves that – I don't know if they're going to be a dynasty, but you got to admit that, that they're certainly making sure that their core stays in place. We know about the Mahomes deal. We know about uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. And now – Tied in. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Now the brain trust. you got Andy Reid and GM Brett Veach getting six-year extensions. It's just absolutely amazing. You know, when when you think about not only talent, because it's got to be talent, right? You've got to have talent, but talent plus continuity and what that, what that, you know, what that um, gives you the opportunity to do. It gives you, I'm not saying that they're going to be a dynasty, but I'm saying the pieces are in place to put on a dynastic, a dynastic type of role or go on a dynastic type role. So you put it all in place, and continuity, very important. You know, knowing the system, growing the system, uh, understanding what your base, what your root of all, the root of all the things that you do, and then you're just adding components to it year in, year out. You're reevaluating what you did the year before and saying, okay, here's our base. Um, We tried this adjunct to our base. We didn't like it. So we're moving away from that and we're changing it. Or here's what we're like, here's the coverages we're getting, or here's the defenses that they're playing. And that's why we're going to move off of this, you know, this part of um, this part of our uh, adjustment. And we're going to, we're going to go in a different direction. Like continuity is so important because ultimately, Mike, you build identities. You know what you are. You know what you believe in. You know what you're trying to do, and everybody's on the same page. And to have that with your front office, with your head coach, with your quarterback, with your premier you know, pass-catching receiver in Travis Kelsey, with your best defender. Like, like, I mean, for crying out loud, they're setting themselves up to go on a run. Okay. There's no doubt that they are – they are positioned really well to be the team of the decade. Okay? Okay. And I could see them winning another or two more Super Bowls. But what about this year? I mean, we're about a week away from them defending their Super Bowl championship. We know how hard it is to defend. So what about this? just this year? Not the big picture when it comes to the Chiefs. What about this year? Do you see a team that you think will repeat? I see a team that I think is is better prepared 
to repeat than anybody that we have seen since the Dallas Cowboys teams of the mid-90s. Mm. And and the reason being is because of all those things I said. Talent, identity, continuity in a pandemic where many teams that you're competing against don't have those things. I mean, think about it, you know. Who've been who've been the main competitors that you have had? Right? You've had the Houston Texans, who you open up with on Thursday night. DeAndre Hopkins wants a new contract. See you later. Get rid of him. We'll get a like what do they get for DeAndre Hopkins? It was it was ridiculous. Like they got next to nothing for DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, in the overall scheme of things, yet they gave up two first round draft choices for Laramie Tunsil. I think they got like a third and a fifth for Arguably, a top three receiver in the league. I mean, it, it, like, again, lack of, just lack of kind of continuity. And what are you guys? You, like, you guys relied on that guy. You guys have a young quarterback who's a dynamic young quarterback, one of the best in the league, and you took away his favorite target. Because why? Because you don't like the, you don't like him. You don't want to pay him. Whatever it is. Hey, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, see you around sometime. Gronkowski, you guys are in Tampa. Hey, Cam Newton, or is it going to be Stidham, or is it going to be you know Brian Hoyer? We all believe it's going to be Cam Newton, but the point is there's turnover there. There's change there. Hey, Los Angeles Chargers, welcome Tyrod Taylor. You know, no more Phillip Rivers. Hey, Phillip Rivers, now in Indianapolis. How does that fit? I mean, the teams that you think of that are historically the teams that will compete with you in the AFC, and let's face it, you know, Ben Roethlisberger comes back for the Steelers. The Baltimore Ravens, hey, I understand how good you are. Can it play in the playoffs? Can you, if you get in a situation where you're behind by 10, can you throw yourself back into a game? Because so far, playoff-wise, they've proven that they can't. Maybe it changes this year. Maybe their quarterback continues to develop. I believe he will, but... You're structured in such a way where you you play with a lead. That's what you are. And when you're down, I mean, it's really tough to play that way. So, like, I think they're better positioned to repeat than anybody since those Cowboys teams of the 90s. And you guys repeated in Denver back-to-back. Right. So you know what it takes. Right. So when I say, okay, I'll give you all those things. I'll give you the continuity and yeah. – um, Everything like that. But what about complacency? What about a different C word? What about complacency? What about the idea that that you are bringing back basically the entire team? And does some complacency or you know living off last year, does right. that can that permeate a a football team? Yeah, sure. I think it can, but I just think like I look at the Chiefs, I look at what they've amassed, and then I look at their quarterback. And I keep going back to that Houston game where they're down. What were they down? 24 nothing. Yeah. And that playoff game. And their quarterback is on the sideline going, we just need one, guys. We just need one. You know, it's it's interesting, Mike. Like, I hear so much, and you read it in the papers, or you read it in the on the internet, or you read it in, or you see it in, you know, these daily shows, these daily programs about developing leadership, right? Everybody talks about, well, he's a better leader this year, you know, he's a like he's a better le- he's like he's really he's really worked on his leadership skills. He's really, you know, and I think it's all bullshit. 
I, I really do. I mean, leadership happens. Like true leadership happens when you care more about the people you lead than you care about yourself. And it's something that has to happen organically. You just can't walk in the locker room and go, hey, there's a new sheriff in town. I'm the leader. Follow me. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's got to be something that's organic, that's authentic, that guys believe in. We've witnessed it firsthand here in the NBA playoffs in the bubble in Denver. Where all of a sudden, Jamal Murray, when a team looked like it booked off-season, outside-the-bubble vacation plans, they were done, Mike. And they were playing in a game that looked like, through the first half and the first three quarters, it looked like they had a pool party planned off campus right after the game. Hey, there's going to be drinks, there's going to be ladies, there's going to be music, it's going to be awesome. And all of a sudden, Jamal Murray said, not on my watch. And he drugged that team to the finish line. And you instantly saw guys giving more effort, getting excited, following that lead, watching a guy who didn't come off the court in the second half saying, I am not letting this happen on my watch. And authentically, he he showed how much he cared. He showed how important it was to him. And authentically, he just, I mean, the tra- you saw the transition of power. It went from, hey, the Joker's our guy to, no, 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 Murray's our guy. And I think that's one of the things that happened in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. I think he was always their kind of leader because he played quarterback. But he became the leader because of, how those situations went down in the playoffs, and how much confidence he gave them by taking them, you know, off this twenty-four nothing deficit and leading them to victory. So, I mean, I I just think I think that stuff has to happen organically, naturally, and I think it's got to be super authentic, and it's got to be some, there's got to be an action. You just can't say I'm the leader, and I think that's what we've seen in Kansas City, and that's why I don't think there will be complacency. You know, you think about putting something together and, and keeping it together. I think about where Jacksonville was just a couple of years oh ago. Oh, my gosh. Think about it. They had the Patriots on the ropes in the AFC Championship game. They were, what, 10 minutes away with a with a, a double-digit lead from, from going to the Super Bowl. And it all fell apart. And think about what has happened to that franchise since then, the mm-hmm. dismantling of that franchise. The latest... Uh, Ngakwe's gone. Leonard Fournette cut loose. You know, Jalen Ramsey's no longer there. Uh, Blake Portals is no longer there. Right, but right. I mean, you think about how that team seemed like they were they were on the cusp. They were ready to go. They were ready to blossom. And now, just a couple of years later, it's all been taken apart. Right? They had the. I mean, they were had the best defense. Calais Campbell's gone. Calais Campbell, right? Right. Yep. They, I mean, they had this this defense that was. Second to none. They had the secondary with eight, uh, with, uh, oh gosh, who, they had Ramsey, you mentioned. Um, they had gotten AJ Boye, right? They had, they had safeties. They had linebackers. I mean, they had, they were loaded, Mike. And this, the, just the overall dysfunction of that organization has been such where guys, guys don't want to play there. Like what Jalen Ramsey did, like Jalen Ramsey was just like, yeah, um, you know, my girlfriend's pregnant, or, uh, yeah, my back is really stiff. Uh, I'm not going to show up. And he just basically forced his way out. 
And now you're seeing it with I, I read a, or I, I, I listen. I was listening to a radio uh, driving into work, and they were talking about how the the Jaguars, you know, offered Ngakwe nineteen a nineteen million dollar a year contract, and he turned it down. That he's basically losing seven million dollars to leave Jacksonville. It's so bad culturally speaking right now, and this is just outside looking in. This is just me saying it's so bad culturally. That a guy's turning down $7 million to go to an organization in Minnesota because he doesn't want to be in How Jacksonville. How did it get so bad? Because you've had, you have football guys like Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone. Well, Tom Coughlin, they let go. I know, but so, he, he was there when it started to, to go bad. Right. He was there when it started to go bad. It, it, there, there was such, within that organization, and Doug Marone and I've called some games. I love, Doug Marone's a, a, a football dude, right? He's a good dude. But there were a bunch of different, like, there was a bunch of different people making decisions without any one true direction. You had Coughlin over here. You had Dave Caldwell down over here. You had Doug Marone over here. None of them had the same philosophical approach. One guy was doing one thing. Another guy was doing another thing. Another guy, and, and, and ownership let it happen. Yeah, and ownership let it happen. And there was this power struggle. And that's why, you know, that's why ultimately um, – Tom Coughlin is gone. Um, and, and, you know, so they're trying to get it back together. But, I, I, you know, culture is just one of those things. Like, you look at bad organizations, Mike, they may have a year or two where, you know, all the stars align. But the bottom line is the toughest thing to do is create a culture. Like a culture, people think they set culture and that it's just static and it just stays. It's it's constantly evolving. It's constantly moving. It, it's not static. Culture is alive, and you got to work on it every day. And you got to preach it every day. And you got to let people know what you're all about. And you got to. And most importantly, is whatever you preach, you damn well better live it. Because if you're not living it, then everybody goes, "Oh, this culture is bullshit." Like what what our management says and what we actually are are two different things. And when you do that, players are just like, you guys are full of crap. And and you say whatever you want about players from, hey, man, it doesn't take great genius to play football, right? I mean, you've got to be able to process information quickly that your eyes take in and then hit people and hit the right people, right? I mean that that there's a there's a god given ability just like athleticism to be able to process that in in the I mean in the snap of a finger and be right and then execute your technique to make sure that you can actually block people or hit people or tackle people or you know defeat blocks right I mean or run the right route or change your route you know in the in the in the in a split second when you're running full speed and all of a sudden you see a safety change his direction you realize uh-oh it's no longer what i thought it was they also all of a sudden they rotated down so i'm going to change my route because they went from a two high safety look to a a a, a single high safety look so i've got you know, like you got to change that on fly man that's hard to do that takes that that takes a a gift a mental gift and you don't have to be book smart. You don't have to have you know a, a 4.0 GPA to do that. That is a that is a gift, just like running fast or doing a, you know jumping high or benching a lot is a gift. Um, and so it, you don't have to be a genius. You just you just have to be good at those things, right? And I, I I'm I'm tell, I don't even know where we were. Culture, culture, Jacksonville. Yeah. And, and ultimately, it comes down to 
you you got to have those type of players, but but culture is one of those things you got to live on a day to day basis. And players have a great horse sense about who's authentic and who's bullshit, right? I mean, they can sniff that out in a heartbeat. And, and it's, honestly, it's it's why Bill Belichick's coaching tree has produced a bunch of guys who have failed as head coaches because they're bullshit. Because they try to be little Belichick. You know, Josh McDaniels comes to Denver and he tries to rearrange his he, he tries to arrange his desk just like Belichick's was arranged. I've got my picture of my family here in the right corner. I've got my computer over here. I've got a notepad. Like I was told by a, a reporter here in Denver, it's like I was like, gosh, this offense looks eerily familiar. And then he went back and watched football life, and it was identical to the way Belichick had his office set up. Like like that stuff. That stuff with players are just like, oh, here we go. This guy, right? Belichick works because his style is so freaking unique, but it's authentic. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's his. It's real. It's his. And he got he got his group of players to buy into it. Yeah. And, and you know what? And they supported it, and they went on this unbelievable 20-year run. So then when you talk about different kinds of culture, is it fair to say that the culture of the Chargers is just bad luck? Because it seems like every year they they have high expectations. People think highly of their talent, right? And then they suffer crushing injuries. Yeah, the latest Derwin James out six to eight months. I mean, to me, this is a this is a killer. They go from being a team that legitimately I think was the second best team in the AFC West behind Kansas City to a team that now slips behind the Raiders and Broncos because of this one injury. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to slip that far behind, but it is devastating. I mean, you know, Gus Bradley's their coordinator. Gus Bradley wants to play that San Francisco style of cover three match. Um, Derwin James in the box safety is, I, I think he's probably the best safety that way in football. Um, not only from his ability to be a, an effective run defender, as a you know, as a nickel guy, but his ability to cover one on one out of the slot, cover tight ends, cover backs, even receivers as a you know as as the number one man to man nickel matchup guy, if they want to go that direction, he is just a unique talent. Mike, great kid, great kid, great energy. You know, talk about leadership and energy, and. I've been watching him during camp. I've seen a bunch of clips of him just absolutely shutting down, like shutting down not only tight ends and backs and all that stuff like we talked about, but locking up. I mean, you can go back to last year when he came back from his injury last year, locking up Travis Kelsey in man-to-man situations. I saw him. I saw him locking up uh, Keenan Allen man-to-man, and I mean, it was ju- it was a thing of beauty. I mean, this is a devastating injury. Now, I still think they have an outstanding. Defense. They got two rush ends. They've got good linebackers. They got good corners. But Derwin James, Derwin James is just a difference maker. And I think it. Yeah, I don't know that it drops him from number two down to number four. But it certainly it certainly closes the gap between them, the Raiders, and the Broncos. I think I think all three of those teams are are pretty close to one another. Some uh, some other little stories that uh, caught my interest, <laughs> and I, I bring this story up mainly because I just hope I'll, I'll get a impression out of it. Jerry Jones apparently 
um, ordered C.D. Lamb to mm. wear number 88 to continue the uh, proud legacy All right. history of number 88. Like when I went to Syracuse, forty-four was the was the number. Right, you know, Jim all, Brown. All the great, right? you know, players were forty-four. Okay, so there was kind of like an honor of wow, you're giving, you're being given forty-four. When you were there, who was wearing forty-four? Do you oh, remember? Derek Coleman was wearing forty-four. Oh, okay. Uh, it even went over to basketball. The running back wearing forty-four at the time was, I think, uh, Michael Owens, I believe. Was wearing number forty four. Good college back. I don't think he ever did anything in the pros, right. but but yeah, there was a legacy behind that number. And C D Lamb wanted to wear another number, but Jerry Jones basically said, "Uh, yeah, Jerry, well, you do it. Jerry, you do it. Jerry Jones, you do it. You do it. You do it. Uh, 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 see, <laughs> see, I'm gonna need you to come into uh, 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 my office. Yeah. Um, here, here, here. Here's the deal, C D. Uh, eighty. Uh, Eighty-eight is a uh, um, an important uh, 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 number um, for uh, this uh, 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 franchise, the uh, the uh, 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 Dallas Cowboys, which is America um, America's team. And uh, yeah, you'll be wearing uh, the uh, the eighty-eights. Uh, you know, Drew Pearson. Uh, you got there, uh, um, uh, Michael Irvin. Oh, oh, um, um, Weapon X, uh, Des Bryant, um, and now, uh, <laughs> uh, CD Lamb. Uh, you're excused. <laughs> he was <laughs> thinking about it in the shower. Right. <laughs> I've been thinking about this, uh, in the shower, <laughs> and, uh, it, uh, uh, it, uh, it, it made me, uh, aroused. Uh, oh, oh, it aroused thoughts, uh, I mean. Uh, 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 thoughts yeah. of uh, 88. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, like, I really, like, what, you tell me, what other owner, like, rolls down to the locker room to have an impromptu meeting with a player to tell him what number he's going to wear? Dude, Mark, he's the general manager. I mean, have you, have you, in recent memory, seen a guy who really, I mean, it is his team, but acts like it's his team. Right. And he's going to do what he wants to do. And you better fall in line. It's just is the it, boss wants it, boss gets it. It's just a, a it's mind boggling to me. Like, I'm, you're going to wear the number that I want you to wear because uh, it's a legacy number and, um, I really like that number. I like my re- I like my receivers to be an eighty eight. I just is well, you know, there's a money angle to it. Nothing Jerry does is without. So maybe just figures, hey, I'll just be able to sell oh, more eighty eight jerseys. Yeah, it's you know? jersey sales, more yeah. Michael Irvin jerseys, yeah. more peers. You know, just right. there's got to be an angle to it. Sure. Yeah, you're right. If he if he becomes and and by all accounts in camp, the reports are he's by far been the best player in camp, like are the best receiver in camp. He's dwarfed everybody else as a rookie. He's come in there and played great. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. It probably has to do with nothing but jersey sales, right? Whether it's Des Bryant, whether it's Michael Irvin, whether it's Drew Pearson, or whether it's CeeDee Lamb. You're, you're, like, CeeDee Lamb starts to produce. You're going to sell a lot of CeeDee Lamb jerseys, but you're going to sell a lot of those other legacy jerseys as well. You're you're 100% right. And he's shrewd that way. Yeah, he is. A, I give him credit. I mean, the man is a, a master moneymaker. He's a master businessman. So... Now, does he have a does he have a football team that's because you and I have gone around and around on this here in Denver, 
because the whole argument was, okay, you got a lot of needs on your football team, and you go out despite having Cortland Sutton, who's on his way to becoming a number one receiver. You use the first-round pick on a pass-catching tight end in Noah Fant, and yet you go out in a deep wide receiver class and go draft Jerry Judy. Well, Dallas was kind of the same boat. They had two really good receivers last year. Right. And Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Right. And yet, I'm I'm sure you look at the Cowboys and see a team that has some other holes they could have filled, and yet they go get another receiver. Is it is it just kind of overkill? Well, you know, me personally, I think it is because I don't think that's how I don't think that's like I think that's how you win fantasy football championships. I don't think it's how you win football championships. Right? I mean I, I think like I think there's a lot of fantasy football games to win if you've got the right receiving core. But fantasy football and, and real football are two entirely different games. And so to me, you know, when you come play football, like we're we've got basketball playoffs going on, we got hockey playoffs going on, you know, football's about ready to kick off here in another ten, eleven days. When it comes to playoff type, just playoff atmospheres and, and, and playoff games, you, know, you show me the team that can physically dominate another team, and I'll show you the team that's usually going to win. Show me a team, you know, in football that'll run the ball and and play great defense, and I'll show you a team that's going to win a lot of games. Show me a team that in in basketball that's willing to defend. And, you know, create second shot opportunities on offense, create fast break opportunities on offense, you know, and I'll show you a team that's going to win a lot of games. Show me a team that'll muck it up in the corners in hockey. Show me a team that will spend a lot of time forechecking and keeping the puck in their end of the zone. And I'll show you a team that's probably going to win a lot of, a, a lot of games. Yeah, I, I just, I just think that's, I think there's a difference between playoff like regular season games and playoff games and so like you know giving yourself a lot of a lot of potential or a lot of talent and speed is great for winning fantasy championships it's just it just doesn't work in real life championship situations i don't believe i mean occasionally obviously there's always going to be an outlier or two but I just believe in the things that I believe in. Well, you got the three rings to prove it. By the way, you didn't sell any of your rings. You see Josh Gordon? Yeah, I did. Sold one of his rings. What was it, $130,000? Uh, $138,000. 138000 yeah. Now, explain that one to me because all I hear from athletes is the ring, the ring, the ring. Mm-hmm. Man, there's nothing like... Winning a ring, or I want to get a ring. Right. I'm late in my career. I want to get a ring. I came here to get a ring. Right. And then you see a lot of these guys turn around and sell their rings. What's the deal? Well, you fall on hard times, and it's an asset that you have. I mean, you know, I mean, Josh Gordon has spent more time suspended from the league than he's t- spent playing in the league, right? And, you know, I mean, that, that guy obviously has, he's got problems. I mean, obviously, right? He's been how many times has the guy's been suspended for weed, right? It just is is a bunch. So, I mean, you know, ultimately, um, it's something that you can't kick. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily begrudge him. I, you know, I've never been a big memorabilia guy, right? You know, and 
I know you have three rings, and I I don't think you ever you don't do much with them, do you? No, I mean I you know you bring I'm, them out like during the Super Bowl. You'll bring them out because you, you know, if you're doing a speaking engagement or something, you might want to have it just to kind of yeah you know, only show bring, it off. Yeah, but. I only bring it out if it like I always forget to bring. I always forget to pull them out. Like unless it's like. The only time I really wear them is when I'm doing a speaking engagement and somebody ple- asks me, please wear at least one of your rings. Right. You know, so people can see it and, and, you know, feel it and touch it. and But you don't sit at home and put one on and go, oh, no. My precious. No, uh-uh. Uh, I never, I mean, I, I, like I said, the only time. You know where I'll, they are right now? Yeah. But the only time I'll ever take them out is when I'm asked specifically and I'm getting paid. Keep them in like a sock drawer or something. Yeah, I get kidding. Uh, we have a safe. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if I'm getting, it's all about me getting paid. If I'm getting paid, then I take them out. All right. If I'm not getting. Otherwise, paid, they're just they're in there, and that's too much effort. Right. 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 That's a right. lot right. of effort. That's for a me. lot of effort. Right. Yeah. Way right. too much effort. All right, man. You good? I'm good. All right. You got anything else you want to talk no, about? No, we're no, I'm, we're I'm, a week away, man. I know it. We're a week away. And we'll be starting our money uh, money maker picks. We've got uh, some kick your ass this year again. We're, we're again, again, no, again. I won last nah, year. Did you? Let's go back and look at the tape. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have some new sponsors coming on yeah, board. We're excited! Uh, it's gonna be a great year. It's gonna be a great year. All right, for everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast, for myself, for Mike, for Scott, for uh, Millennial Ben, we thank you guys so much for listening. To our sponsor, our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat. Check them out at sweetsweat.com. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll be back with you later in the week.